0: Right. I mean, at least that's my opinion. I think that and and it's interesting because so many I think there's a lot of frustration for women as we age, especially when it comes to what they're going to do professionally or from um, how they're going to earn a living or whatnot. Because, you know, statistically speaking, the largest percentage of entrepreneurs entering the marketplace happen to be women over 50. They're also the most successful, by the way. And I, and it goes back to what you're talking about, about having wisdom and experience and patience. That's the other thing. I think it's really funny that you said that, that um, you feel that you're, you behave a lot younger than your parents did when they were your age. And I believe that that is fundamentally true across the board for us Gen Xers. Um, And I think in part, it's, if you think about this, and I learned this from one of my cool life thought leaders um, who studied this, that in the early 1900s, the average lifespan of a woman, a white woman, was 51. And the average lifespan of a woman of color was less than that. And it's not that women didn't live to be 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, whatever. They did. But they didn't, it wasn't a collective It wasn't a cohort, the size that we have now, right? I don't even know what the number is, but it's something really scary. They keep talking about like...
1: Namaste, beautiful souls. I'm Shilpa, and you're tuned into the Omni Mindfulness Podcast, a sanctuary for spiritual entrepreneurs. As a holistic mindfulness coach and social marketing strategist, I'm here to guide you on a transformative journey. On this show, we explore captivating stories and provide practical tools that deepen your connection with your authentic self. Through the personal and professional narratives of remarkable individuals, We expand our consciousness and ignite the spark of possibility. Each season, I curate content that empowers you to create a holistic lifestyle, encompassing spirituality, mindfulness, energy awareness, and mindset. Join me as we engage in conversations with experts in their respective fields and share solo casts, from yours truly, all aimed at supporting you and relaxing, revitalizing, resetting your body, mind, and spirit. I'm your host and the visionary behind Omni Mindfulness. So what if just one story had the power to shift the trajectory of your life? What if you could become an instrument in helping others realize their true selves? And what if your soul's higher purpose lies in experiencing the joy of Omni Mindfulness? Remember, it's never too late to rewrite your story. Welcome to Season 8 of the Omni Mindfulness Podcast. During this exciting season, we delve deep into the power of mindset. In October, join us as we explore Happy Mind. Is happiness an inside-out job? We'll explore the concept of happiness from various perspectives, ranging from DNA and brain health to mindfulness practices. Moving into November, it's all about conscious connections. Loneliness can be an epidemic, especially during the holidays. Let's understand the art of forming meaningful connections and in december we wrap up 2023 with the theme embodied awareness discover how to connect your body mind and spirit for a holistic approach to life stay tuned for thought provoking conversations expert insights and transformative stories it's a season you won't want to miss and up next is jack perez Jack is a pro aging champion. She promotes normalizing aging for women through curated content and women driven brands. With over 60 cool category thought leaders and 40 women driven brands, Cool Life offers women an opportunity to share, learn, shop, and play with our second act sisters. And now, without further ado, is Jack. Welcome, Jack. I am so happy to have you. Shilpa, thank you
0: so much for inviting me. I am honored to be hosted by you today. I'm very excited about our conversation.
1: Yeah, I I feel and just before we hit record, I was sharing with you that embodied awareness to me means so much. And I've been looking forward to this category all year. The sum total of the knowledge from niche experts that I've had on my podcast. And I love what you represent. So maybe you can share with the audience the journey that brought you to, I believe, what you call the cool life. Is that? Yeah,
0: I do. It is called Cool Life. It is spelled a little weird, right? It's spelled with a K. So it's K-U-E-L. But yes, the the platform is called Cool Life. And uh, I got that off of the Urban Dictionary, Shilpa. This, it's actually a synonym for the regular COOL cool that we all know, because I believe that we are positioned in today's world to have this second act of life, this this season, be our coolest season yet, right? If if we really think about it, if we have our health, right? I mean, I, I gotta put that caveat because I know that health starts to get a little more tenuous and a little harder to chase as we get older. But if we can remain healthy and we keep that in check, oh my goodness, we're done with the heavy lifting. I mean, if you decided to have babies, you're, you're, you're through that for the most part. You know, um, yes, many of us are stuck dealing with our aging parents. That can be very taxing and very stressful, but there are a lot of opportunities that present themselves at this phase of life, which allow us to have more freedom and more control over our time and our money, our resources, I believe that that is super cool. And why wouldn't we take full advantage of of that opportunity? And so what led me to, to this was of course um, a problem, right? Because I think most entrepreneurs, most people who go find a solution, it's usually because they themselves had a problem right? I mean, we're not that altruistic, I don't think, as individuals. I mean, some of us are, you know, but I'm not Mother Teresa. So I, when I hit menopause in my early fifties, I had every symptom you could think of. And it was hard. I had gained 30 pounds. I had anxiety. I couldn't sleep. I had nights, the, the hot flashes, you name it. I had it. I couldn't regulate my emotions. I was not a good version of me as a human. I mean, I wasn't a good version As as a mother, I wasn't a good partner. I wasn't a good friend. And I, when I went to go try to help myself, Shilpa, I couldn't find a lot of information. Now, mind you, this is seven years ago. So if you look at how much things have changed in the last seven years, because now we have the likes of Oprah Winfrey talking about it and Cameron Diaz talking about it. and But that wasn't around seven years ago. Nobody was talking about menopause. Nobody was talking about the fact that every other human on the planet, if they live long enough, will go through this transition and that it is normal. And that is the crux of what I'm trying to do. I am working on shifting this paradigm that aging is bad or aging is, uh, you know, something to be hidden or something to be ashamed of or something to pretend it's not happening. Why? It's normal. We all, if we get to, if we're lucky enough, we all get to. And so what I realized is that I couldn't be the only one struggling. I couldn't be the only one looking for answers and feeling really alone and invisible. And so I wanted to build something where I could bring together, you know, the bulk of wisdom and insights and tips and tricks and hacks to navigate a lot of these opportunities and and challenges that come up. And I, I mentioned menopause because that was, you asked me specifically what drove me to get on this path. And for me, it was a physiological problem that I had. But when you start peeling back the onion to this stage of life, As I said earlier, you might be dealing with empty nest. And how do you feel about that? Well, if you're thrilled that you have an empty nest, that's normal. If you're devastated that you have an empty nest, that's normal too. And so I want women to be able to know that and help themselves and not feel so alone on this journey. And that was the reason I built Cool Life to begin with. I mean, that was it.
1: And I like the fact that the name itself embodies so it's a positive spin. And, you know, obviously, ageism in general, historically, at least in the Western world, is considered something scary. And I from a very young age, have very been in tune with the idea of, you know, holistic approach to life. I think that helps when you're more holistic, you realize, well, maybe there's a shift in hormones. Maybe I need to make an adjustment. It's not scary. Your body's shifting. So you shift with it. And that's really important. I'm glad that you said
0: that because interestingly enough, I happen to be, I think I'm going through another shift right now. So, as I said, you know, seven years ago or whatever, when I first started going down this path and I was really struggling and I decided to do something about it. Um, You know, and I and I did, and I course corrected, and for me, it meant going on bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. That's that was just what made sense for me. And honestly, I don't know what you could say to me for me to give them up. I mean, you'd have to rip them from my cold dead hand. That's how much they impacted my life in a favorable way. But I'm, I think I'm going through another hormonal shift as I'm nearing sixty. So I'm 59 now. And I think to your point, I think my body is shifting yet again, and it's not a one and done. That's the problem. We can't just fix things and then, okay, we check the box off. We're good. Unfortunately, just like a car, which I I hate this analogy because I'm not even a car person, but just like you don't expect your car to just continuously run. You know, you, 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 you give it gas, you give it oil check, you you change its oil, you give it new tires, right? I mean, we do things to this car to keep it functional. I guess, why should we think our bodies are any different? Right. I mean, and I'm, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a corporate, I mean, a culprit of this, meaning I would like to be one and done. I don't want to have to go back and try to figure out what the heck is wrong now, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, now earlier, you even mentioned something that kind of struck a chord with me in a good way. You said the word second act and the evolution of what we are, not only on a personal, physiological, spiritual level, but even on a external, how we represent ourselves professionally, that those two can't be separated. And I think one of the things before we had record, remember we were talking about sh- sharing the wisdom yes. to the generation. That's the one thing. If I had my younger self, I'd like to say that you can't separate those two if you want to be embodied.
0: I I agree. I think I think it's all intrinsically linked to one another. And it's funny that you said that about you know if you could tell something to your younger self. Um, as part of the cool life community, we do a weekly clubhouse room. I don't know if you're familiar with clubhouse. It's a social, it's a, it's a social media app and it's chat only. It's it's very interesting concept. It's you just, it's like be it's like being on a party line you know, on the phone with like a bunch of your friends. Right. And we do a weekly room and we talk about the different, just whatever's coming up for women. And sometimes we get younger women in that room and I can hear how excited they are to hear the stories of women who are 10, 15, 20, 30 years their senior. It gives them hope. It encourages them. It alleviates some of the panic of and fear surrounding the unknowns of aging because in Western culture, aging is so taboo. Nobody society. Our society, at least here in in Western, uh, in the U.S. and I, in Western society, the 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 pressure to remain young for women. And I don't know what it's like for men. I I don't. I suspect that there's probably some issues for them as well with ageism. But I don't think that they're under the same scrutiny. I mean even things like silly as going gray, you know, men go gray and it's viewed as sexy and, and interesting. And look how, you know, whatever, how handsome they are, you know, women going gray. There's a huge, there's a huge conversation about it, right? Go gray, don't go gray. The women who are like, yeah, let's pro gray. The women who are like, no way. The women who are pro gray. And then, you know, want to shame the sisters who decide that they don't want to be gray, that they want to color their hair. Men don't conversations great I'm sure of it I don't think yeah. and so that's a good example <laughs> of how different it is for yeah. women in western culture than it is now you were saying that your parents are from India and in India
1: the perspective is different yeah you know growing up the way And then there's a good thing and there's a bad thing. (laughs) My husband and I have noticed this because we're both older parents and uh, I've noticed something that among my Indian generation friends, maybe my parents' generation, that they would act older physiologically. And sometimes now, like Rich and I go, wait a minute, those people are about our age and we act 10, 15 years younger than them. So that's one perception, one perspective on it. But then right. I've also noticed that the wisdom that elderlies bring. Now the w- word elderlies has so many connotations, but let's just say those who've been around for just long enough to know something. Right. There's there's wisdom there. There's there's life experiences there. They may not know it all and maybe they know very little, but they know some stuff. And it would be nice to create a generation within the US where you look upon them and you feel like there's respect and there's nurturing and that admiration, not like just tossing someone who is no longer an active member of society in some professional way.
0: Yeah, and I just think, so that's just sort of one aspect of of a human, right? What they do professionally. There's so many more aspects of of a human, right? I mean, at least that's my opinion. I think that, and and it's interesting because so many, I think there's a lot of frustration for women as we age, especially when it comes to what they're going to do professionally or from um, how they're going to earn a living or whatnot, because, you know, statistically speaking, the largest percentage of entrepreneurs entering the marketplace happen to be women. Over fifty, they're also the most successful, by the way, and I and it goes back to what you're talking about about having wisdom and experience and patience. That's the other thing. I think it's really funny that you said that that um, you feel that you're you behave a lot younger than your parents did when they were your age, and I believe that that is fundamentally true across the board for us Gen Xers. Um, and I think in part, it's if you think about this, and I learned this from one of my cool life thought leaders um, who studied this, that in the early 1900s, the average lifespan of a woman, a white woman, was 51. And the average lifespan of a woman of color was less than that. And it's not that women didn't live to be 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, whatever. They did, but they didn't, it wasn't a collective It wasn't a cohort, the size that we have now, right? I don't even know what the number is, but it's something really scary. They keep talking about like X amount of billions of women are going to be in menopause by 20, whatever, 30 or whatever the number is. I mean, I I don't want to be quoting numbers because I don't have them at, at the ready. But the reality is that this is the first time in the history of humanity, if you think about it, that we actually have a a cohort, a collective of women who are currently in midlife and beyond, and now kind of defining what that space ne- can look like for us. So, you and your husband are defining that new space kind of for your kids. Like, you can still be playful, you can still have joy, you can still be somewhat reckless, you can still make poor decisions. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and absolutely. I- and, I, and you know, it's funny, like, we we were both older parents, and I hate using the word older, but let's just say we didn't start our family, to, we got married later, we got, had our first child later, we'll be a, we'll hey, be a, I, I got it, I had my baby at 38, so
0: yeah. I was the older mom, I was but, the older mom, but I didn't act like the older mom,
1: <laughs> no, no, and I, I, I'm the same way, I'm just as active, I've made, I put on some pounds, but. Other than that, I'm mentally, and in fact, now that I'm an entrepreneur in this space for the last few years, I find more joy in one area that you touched upon. You were saying, we're not just our career. We're just not our professional profile or my LinkedIn profile or my educational resume. I believe, and this is why I, I use the word embodiment in this category of our conversation is I'm multifaceted. And if I can go back again, going back to your younger self saying that being multifaceted is wonderful because one thing I was so frustrated with in corporate was that they want to pigeonhole you and put you in a box, put a label and put you on the shelf and say this is where you belong now, whether this is how we increase your salary or have a conversation and that's not true and I think the next generation of women like you and I, who have our entrepreneurial spirit, we are embracing that embodied perspective.
0: Yes, yeah, and what's what's great is that like I can't distinguish me professionally from me personally anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm the same human, and I show up the exact same way. Same like, I, I I am not. I am not behaving any differently with you, Shipla, than yeah. I do with anybody else in my life. You know what I mean? Just yeah, because yeah, I'm, yeah. I am, I'm in, I am the embodiment of, of all the aspects of me and everywhere I go, that's that cohesive me has to be represented. I, I don't want to compartmentalize myself into teeny tiny little segments of what a human has. And then, I don't know, you pull out whatever that segment is. I just, That's crazy making, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And also just the embodiment of being satisfied with where you are and who you are. And um, knowing you can trust other people.
0: That's that's tricky though, right? That's tricky for some of us. Some of us have a hard time not doing the what's next. Yeah. And, And I have to raise my hand sometimes. Yeah, I have difficulty being content and being satisfied with what I've accomplished, and I yeah. struggle with uh, what's next.
1: Yeah, and that's maybe that's why I created what I call Omni Mindfulness. My my business is this concept of being present. It's not easy being present. Um, it's not easy. To sometimes not let fear go in overdrive. Overwhelm go in overdrive.
0: Yeah. You know so- the, irony, the irony about how difficult it is to be present is that nothing feels better, <laughs> though, than when you can achieve that. Because when you are present, you can't be fearful because you're in that moment. So you're not doing the whole what if, then, you know, you're just not doing it. So you're not allowing yourself to go down that rat hole. So the irony is that it's difficult to do, but if you can make it happen, it's like the, it's the most comfortable, warm space. You can reside in, you know?
1: Absolutely. And that is why I meditate the first thing in the morning and For the longest time that the practice itself, when it comes to embodying the meditation, even as I get older, was this concept that, oh, I'm I'm supposed to jump into the space of peace and I'm chasing that. But now I realize that science has a lot to say with it again, maybe something that I wouldn't have known 20 years ago, but science is now saying if you can remain in the frontal part of your brain for even 12 minutes, you've now rewired your brain. And now that's also sending um, signals to your body that's helping your heart. So there, it's all connected, it's all embodied in how like you are living as a, as a soul.
0: Yeah, I mean, yes, because we are, I was actually having a conversation with my partner a few nights ago I was, I was having sort of a, I don't know, existential crisis, maybe. I was having this, like, feeling of, like, how how attached am I to this particular vehicle? And how much does this vehicle really embody who I am? Like, could I take me and move it to another, you know, like, I just recently had to upgrade my iPhone right and they took my old iphone which was just a contraption and they you know put every they moved everything of value to this new contraption and then they just deleted the old stuff you know and i just had this feeling of like how how important is this you know and i'm talking about like how important and i'm i've forgotten this is a podcast I'm actually just touching my own body. Like, how important is the carcass that I live in, and how how intrinsically linked is that to who I am, you know? And and can I be moved around, or or is it somehow? But to your point, like, you have to look at the whole. You have to have look at the whole package, and it and it's not just your physical sense. It's not your, just your mental capacity. It's not just your spirit. It's not just your belief system it's all of it all wrapped up together
1: absolutely and I think when you pause long enough to recognize that like am I this body am I just these emotions am I just that title or that resume on <laughs> somewhere that somebody remembered me as um it, it gets so limiting that's where the fear creeps in but I was just thinking about this the other day, like, well, if somebody knew me five years ago under a certain condition, they may have the stamp in time thinking that incident was her, but that's not true. I'm constantly growing, i consciously making an um, effort to grow spiritually, emotionally, and if we allow other people that slack, we cut them that slack saying they're also growing, It makes all of it easier.
0: Yeah, I I agree. But that's really challenging (laughs) because, you know, we use shorthand so that we can remember things about people. Right. And so a lot of that stuff, when you meet someone, they behave a certain way, and you make, you make, you know, you do, you make that note. You're like, okay, Jack is always, right? And these words, we know better, right? This is this is one of the benefits of getting older. You start to know better than to use always and never because mm-hmm. they just come back to bite you. But yeah. anyway, you know, you make these mental notes about an individual and who they are and how they show up. And, yeah. and then you stop thinking about it because yeah. you've got other stuff to think about. But you're right. That person is mutating all the time. Yeah. And so you're making these assumptions and- you know, they, they're, you might be missing out on, on some nuances and that growth and that mess, you know, the messy part of a human. Yeah. That's actually where all the good stuff is too, I think.
1: Yeah. And that goes back to, again, I really do feel like just embodiment, embodying our understanding of who we are, our relationship to others, our perception of people and our own reaction to ourselves. Like I I witness my mind going certain directions, and I'm getting better at not letting it. What do you call it, do the monkey mind thing? Like he said this, then they did that, and then then this, or and then I now I catch myself more often going, wait, okay, you had your moment, <laughs> but that's not where I want to spend my time or my energy. Right, those
0: runaway, and we are we are um, wired to have those negative runaway conversations because we were wired to have that negative bias to keep ourselves alive. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it is, it's, but you can, as you you said it earlier, you can rewire your brain. And so you have to be active about it. You have to really think about it. I do the same thing. I'll get down, all of a sudden I'll realize, oh my God, I just had a huge fight in my own head with somebody that's not
1: even in the room. <laughs> I, I call it, they're living rent-free. Again, I've done it many times throughout my years. And I like I said, I am getting better at it, but it that's back to because maybe it's embodied awareness. It's a little more of being conscious of who we are. The meditation is essential for that for me. Um, other practices like just making time for yourself. That's one of the things um, you know, the younger self didn't know. I wouldn't even sit, sit at the dining table to eat. I'd come home when I was single and just eat at the counter. I'm like, I don't have time. Yeah,
0: and and why dirty a plate when you can just stick it in your mouth and, you know, wipe your hand wash your hands in the sink and wipe your mouth and you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. I've done that so many times.
1: So, you know, it's just those little things, but another thing that also comes to mind when it comes to maybe the other extreme end of embodiment, maybe people's perception of aging, is that we are like you were saying. There's a new level of awareness in the last few years. I feel, yeah. I tuned into it when I was fairly younger because I was exposed to Ayurveda and I I learned that you are a multifaceted being, and understanding that tuning to where your mind or your your physiology is with the right um, natural ingredients can help you and the right um, practices, med- meditation techniques or other things. All of that is like what I call the symphony of practices. You, not one thing. Like I, if I woke up every day and said, it's the lemon tea that makes me better. It's not embodied. <laughs> right.
0: But okay, but to that point though, isn't that frustrating? Like, do you find that frustrating? I find it frustrating because there's so many variables. Wouldn't it be great if there was just that one thing? <laughs> like, if you knew that that one thing was, you know, the the vitamin that you took, or the CBD gummy that you took, or whatever it is that you're doing for yourself, or that that was that one thing. But it, it isn't. Yeah. It's it's this symphony of variables and they all don't necessarily work the same way every single time because we're changing. And so that was what I was saying earlier. Like, I think I'm going through a whole new hormonal shift again and whatever it is I was doing isn't working for me right now. And so I'm really battling some pretty severe issues, which, you know, you wouldn't know to look at me. But I have low-level depression right now that I am really struggling with. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to get my hormones checked. I'm, you know, I'm not jumping to conclusions. I'm, but it's, but it's frustrating and it's painful. And I really wish that, like, it was that lemon water that would fix me because I would do that in a heartbeat if there was one thing I knew yeah. that would help, and I would just do it religiously. But it doesn't work that way. Because we are constantly changing and mutating and evolving, yeah. And so it's it's a continual process. I yeah. hate to, I hate to report that, but yeah. Especially your younger audience, I'm like, oh boy, ladies, it, you don't figure it out and check the box and say, oh, okay, I'm good. You know, it doesn't work that way.
1: No, and you know, I I remember I took this energy awareness type a summit course. There were multiple speakers there, and one of them had really at the time resonated with me because I was going through something similar with to you about a year ago and she talked about the moon the lunar and the cycles and sometimes how that can affect us and if you had asked the younger version of me that I would have been like oh that's just hokey that just it's, it's not scientific enough but I started to tune into it and I paid attention I'm like there might be truth to that maybe I can cut myself slack once Certain things are happening outside of me that can affect us. But to your point, that hormonal mood shift, I've been there and I'd like to share that there's a silver bullet, but there isn't. No, not for me. I can tell you there was because
0: A, I'd be taking it and B, I'd be telling all your listeners here, I got your problem
1: solved. (laughs) Trust me, but no No, I keep going back to what I've said multiple times. It's a symphony of things. You need to be aware of who you are. If I had one definite thing that definitely helps you and helps all of us, but it's not at all a easy thing to do, but the rewards are really high is meditation.
0: I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard meditation is a really wonderful practice
1: to begin and maintain maintain every day it's what i call you set the tone for your body and your mind in the day and it allows you to become a little more um i would say you give yourself grace because you're observing yourself right in your mind you're observing your breath so yeah but to be honest you know i think what you're doing even though it's, it's a tough phase right now, the fact that you are gaining awareness and talking about it, there are ways to then find out other techniques. You know, maybe it's something as simple as take ashwagandha. You know, you've heard about that, right? Yes. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe that'll make an adjustment or perhaps it's something else, but we do have to keep being curious. Yeah. You have to stay curious
0: and you have to be kind to yourself. It can, it can be frustrating though, because I mean, who, who wants to not feel great, you know, and who wants to have to unravel the mystery of why you don't feel well. Right. Because sometimes it is a mystery. Women are incredibly complex organisms and post-menop. And this is the thing, this is the first time where we've had this many people post-menopause, you know, living this life extended lifespan after our biological imperative is gone. It's huge. It's an entire new lifespan and we need to figure it out. And that's what we're doing right now. That's what women like you and me. And, and the fact that we're having these conversations and sharing this with other women is key because maybe not everybody, you know, maybe somebody out there needed to hear that. The, that someone else is struggling and that it's okay and that they're not losing hope and they're going to figure it out and they don't like it. I don't like the way I feel. am not going to lie, but you know, I'm, I'm committed to finding my way through. And I hope that if anyone hears this and they're struggling, that you're committed to finding your way through because it's worth it. It's worth it. And if you're older, you know, it's worth it because you've this isn't the first time you've been lost. This isn't the first time you've had a problem. And so, and I'm kind of almost saying this for myself. I I can and will get out of this. I just, it's just going to take time. And I just need to be patient and kind and to to myself, which we're not so good at, are we?
1: Being kind to ourselves. I, I when I mentioned that I felt that way about a year ago, how it hit me is unclear. All I know is that it was a dark few months and um i just think about it, it's going to make me emotional but there was no silver bullet it helps that you've created this organization so that other women can just talking about it sometimes it's the is the relief
0: yeah well just knowing you're not alone yeah right just knowing that somebody else gets gets your suffering understands where you are um, and and is either in it with you or has survived it and potentially has some wisdom or tips or tricks or anything right because you just never know where you never know where you're going to find an answer and there are multiple answers probably that will work but it's important to keep looking even even when you kind of don't want to
1: yeah absolutely absolutely even when you
0: just kind of don't want to
1: because yeah you're tired. yeah, you're yeah tired. you know and I do recall when I was going through that phase I went from being full throttle what I call like you you know I, I do the grounding drink the tea uh, do the intense workout the whole nine yards
0: yeah
1: and then I went I came to a grinding halt and for three four five months I wasn't doing any of it and I kept thinking, why am I not doing any of it? I know that's good for me, but I had to kind of just ease back into it.
0: I get it. I've been there before. I've been there before. I I, I actually even, I write a weekly essay called Jack's Smack. And I remember writing one years ago about um, if I had to give myself a grade, you know, in life or whatever, it was near my birthday or whatever. And I'm like, I, I guess I'd have to give myself a C, right? Because of all of the All of those things that you're talking about, like the exercise, the supplements, the juicing, the whatever, um, the getting to sleep on time, whatever it is that that you, you know, have put into your routine for self-help and mental health and physical health and all of that stuff. And, you know. I will do it. I'll go ho-hog. And then there'll be days or weeks where I'm like, F it, I'm not doing anything. And yeah. and it's dumb because like, I'm like, but why, why am I just not doing any of it? Why yeah. do we do that? I don't know. If you have an answer.
1: I'm, well, okay. Here's the thing though. Just the fact that you and I went through that, we went full throttle and we kind of went cold turkey and was we weren't doing it maybe there's someone who'll listen to this who will be like oh that is a phenomenon that a, that happens so maybe psychologically our brain is sending us a signal that we need to give us ourselves more grace yeah yeah so-
0: because it's funny that you just said I mean you're talking you're saying I'm like uh yeah
1: I I I do that <laughs> <laughs> I, I <laughs> A year ago, if I had talked to you, it could have saved me a few weeks of beating myself up emotionally. I mean, I'm supposed to know better. I'm like supposedly like, you know, a meditation guru, but I struggle.
0: Yeah, we all do, right? We all do. The the teachers still need, still are students. I mean, just because what we do and how we help women in our platforms and what we're really good at, just because we're really good at it doesn't mean all of a sudden we stop being frail humans. We're still frail humans. Yeah. Yeah. And I think think it's good for, um, at least I hope this is good. I hope that the women who follow Cool Life and who read Cool Life and who have come to rely on, what, 65 women from around the world I mean as far away as New Zealand I don't have anyone from India I just need to work on that but I'm gonna have to to join your co-life group (laughs) the roster yeah so I have women from all over the world who bring their expertise to the community with that with their information and I I hope that it's good for them To know, because I mean, I'm quote, unquote, the ringleader, right? I'm the one that put it together. I'm not the one with all the wisdom, by the way, clearly not, but I'm smart enough to go, to go find those women. I was smart enough to do that. But, you know, I think maybe it's good for them to know that, like, yeah, I don't, I don't have it all together. I don't, Mm. I don't, there are moments. Mm. I have my moments. Yeah. But,
1: But, you know, I feel like, oh, and I'm going to definitely join your group. It's it helps. It helps. You know, I like I feel like I was telling you earlier, I I wish my mom was still around because I was having a rough day yesterday of all days. I was having a rough day and um and just, thought, you know, sometimes she didn't always know the answer, but it was just nice to talk to somebody who wasn't judging. Well, you know, because nobody,
0: nobody loves you unconditionally. Nobody except for. Your mother. And I don't even know if your dad loves you unconditionally. <laughs> I know I know I know your I know a mom does. I know that. I mean, I, I, I'm assuming dad dads do as well. but I'm not one of those, so I can't really speak to those. But, um, yeah, because I mean, who else can get away with what they get away with? I mean, with anybody, like the way that we behave with our moms and the way our children behave with us, right? it's it's clear that, It is known that you're going to love them and be loved no matter what. And I think that's, that's really important. I mean, at least one relationship in your life to have that, at least one relationship in your life. Mm -hmm. I don't even think, I don't even think my cat loves me unconditionally. (laughs) If I stop using these thumbs to open stuff, I think she might move out. That's
1: hilarious. Well, I, I feel like, the group you've created though, it comes from some place that is in your heart and that um maybe there'll be a whole wave and generation of women now, based on the wisdom that you share in your group, another women that bring it. We we change the narrative of what it means to be a woman in at this next age. We really do.
0: And I know that to be true at my core. And how I know that to be true is because at this point now, I have gotten at least 20, 30 different women over the years who have either sent me a card in the mail or have has called me or has sent me an email specifically thanking me for sharing a particular topic or a particular viewfinder because it really resonated with them and it hit them at a time where they really needed to know that they weren't the only ones in that, in that situation. And so honestly, I, I, and I'm glad I'm saying this out loud because I needed to hear this myself. Cool. Life's already been successful cool has already been successful because it has already helped many women mm-hmm. and i know specifically some of those individuals
1: and yeah. so right
0: i mean yeah. sure. i i
1: love it i love it i can't wait to be a part of your your group um cuz well, i think i would love, need... I, I would love to
0: just to um explore you getting on the roster of thought leaders cuz i think there's a a lot of wisdom and ideas to share and I think we're all we're all hungry I think women are hungry yeah
1: I, I I'm so excited to hear it and I I want the narrative to change in how women treat women when they're younger and change the narrative on the perception of healthiness I believe that we can be healthy it's just we may need more grace and more tools and tricks to help yeah. one another but imagine if all of that content and information in cool life is curated so that we're only enhancing our life, elongating it. That's that's the mission. I mean, that's
0: I mean, fundamentally it's I want to normalize the concept of aging. I just want to make it so everybody knows it's happening, everybody accepts it, we talk about it, we enable it, we support it, we encourage it. Celebrate it, all of all of it. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Well, I can't. I like I said, I I'm definitely gonna be looking forward to helping and contributing if that's okay with you. I will
0: send you. I have a deck of information that kind of explains the whole process and thought roster and what the intentions are and sort of the pros and the cons and all that good stuff. And I'm happy to send that to you because my table is long, and there's always room for another woman always room for
1: another one and um i look forward to having you back in the near future on my podcast as well i would love to and the show notes will have all the details for people who want to find you and learn more about cool life and again i i felt you are the perfect person like the universe has worked this out like wonderfully for the month of december Talking about embodied awareness, like some total of a year of content has come together. And I feel like well, your conversation with me was perfect. I am so glad that I was at the right place. Wonderful. Well, have a great day, and I look forward to talking to you in your future. I as well. Thank you so much. Thank you, too. Thanks for tuning in, sweet soul. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful for your kind review on Apple Podcast. Simply click on the link in the show notes to leave your lovely feedback and uplift our spirits. Your support means the world to me and helps our show thrive. So please show me your love and continue to practice Omni Mindfulness.